Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. But I'm excited today we're coming down. We've been in a series called Escape Artist. And we've talked about how Jesus, we know we, we celebrated an Easter how Jesus not only died for the cause, but he overcame death and he rose from the dead and he escaped death so that we could escape the things that bind us. And I don't know if you found yourself bound by things, but I'm here to say Jesus, he not in the grave no more. In fact, when the disciples went back, all they found was his grave clothes. And I think it symbolized we aren't meant to walk around with our grave clothes on. We're not meant to stay in that season of death that we went through. Even though it was hard, even though it marked us and left scars and and you've been through those things that you you would never want to go through again. But a lot of times we put on those grave clothes and walk around with them. They become our identity. And Jesus showed us, hey, not only am I letting you come alive, but I don't want you to even wear the things that represent death anymore. I'm letting you come alive to your new self who I'm making you into. And Jesus, when, when we come alive in Jesus, we're new creations. He comes alive in us and lets us uh, pass the, the things that were in the past. He, we, we're able to leave them in the grave. But we've been talking about how uh, Jesus is, he rose from the dead. Now he's showing up on the scene, uh, making himself known. We talked about having a conversation and how we're going to be a church of conversations, not statements. And so we want to be one that we don't make these broad statements that this is what and this is and you should and blah, blah. And no, we got to hear the heart. That's what Jesus did as he sat down at the table and he, he would talk to somebody. He would ask him questions. And so we, we talked about having conversations, conversations that mean something. In fact, even last week we talked about the incident at Starbucks and just what's happening in our city and how we are the ones that should stand up and speak up. And we're the ones that should do something about it because that's what Jesus did. Breaking down all barriers and, and having empathy as we walk together uh, through life. Even though things might happen on the outside, we are the ones that are standing up for the right environment, the right atmosphere, because uh, we bring heaven with us. You bring heaven with you everywhere you go. Um, so just talking about it, and, and, you know, I think it's time we invite Jesus to the table in our situations. In Revelations chapter 3, verse 20, is Jesus speaking. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. And I think we get the mental picture that we're waiting on Jesus sometimes. And we even do this in our prayers. If you've ever prayed a prayer like this, you say, Jesus, I just pray that you would come into this situation right now. I'm guilty. I pray that all the time. Or we pray, God, I pray for a movement to start, and I pray for you to just do something awesome. Come in the midst and do what you only you do. And, and Jesus flips the thing. He says, no, 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 actually, I'm at the door knocking. Do you hear me? I'm knocking at the door. And he says, anyone that opens the door to me, I'm going to come in, and I'm not just going to come in. I love this about Jesus is that he just doesn't come in on the surface. 
He isn't that God that's far off in the universe. He's like, okay, I created the universe. I created you. Now figure it out. He's a God that gets involved in the process. I love it. Because not only does he come into the situation, he says, I want to eat with you too. Pull me up a plate. Give me some fried chicken. Let's talk about this. Let's get down deep in what's going on in your life. Jesus cares about your situations. He cares about the process because he knows there's power in the process. How many are going through a process right now? And you can rest assured Jesus is in the midst of the process, but it's time we invite him in because he's knocking. Can you hear me? Hello, is anyone home? And if we would go to the door and open up the door and invite Jesus in and say, all right, Jesus, come on in. Let's, let's have a conversation. Here's what's going down. And we see this in one of the last um, times where Jesus shows up on the scene before he goes up to heaven after he rose from the dead. Uh, the disciples, in fact, it's in John 20, verse 19. You can follow along. It'll be on the screens or if you have your phone or whatever. Um, verse 19, it says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Verse 21 says, Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 23, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. God, help us to get everything we need to out of this scripture. We just thank you for your word. Thank you for how it changes lives. Pray that you change my life through this, God. Help me as I'm an imperfect person following a perfect God. Help me to uh, instill these things that you bring life change today. Amen. Verse 19 says, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, let me just tell you, if you get your fear in the wrong place, you'll start locking the wrong doors. And so they had fear in the Jewish leaders because the Jewish leaders were out to kill them because they were done with this message of Jesus. They had killed him on a cross, and now everybody's talking about he's out of the grave, and they think that the disciples took him out of the grave and are hiding him somewhere just to keep the message going. So they're out for blood. And so here's the disciples. They're locked in a room. The fearless men of God who had touched Jesus, cast out demons, were the powerful twelve. And here they are, hiding in a room with the door locked. They were fearing the wrong thing. And when we put our fear in the wrong thing, we start locking the wrong doors that keep the wrong things out. And so the disciples were in the middle of the room, probably asking themselves, what are we going to do now? Jesus was our leader. And now they'd heard about all these things where Jesus had appeared. Some of them had followed him, but now they're hearing about death threats. And they're like, uh-uh, not about that. We in here. We where it's safe. Sometimes we can get a false sense of security, can't we? You ever do that where you go around? I have my nightly routine. I'll go to every door, check it, locked. Go to this door. Oh, that's locked. You can even lock your garage door. Did you know that? Y'all have garages? I don't know. I have a garage. I'm from the burb, so I got I got a garage, but I lock the garage so it doesn't go up and down, you know? So it's like I'm secure. But sometimes we get a false security 
in even in our walk with God, we'll get a false security and hide ourselves in a room and lock doors that really shouldn't be locked. And God didn't call us to come into a room and hide. He called us to go out. And so the disciples, they were going against everything that they were called to do. They're in a room. But check it out. It says in verse 19, Jesus came and stood among them. He's like, that's cute. You locked the door. But Jesus showed there ain't no walls, no doors, no locks that can keep him out. If he wants in, he's getting in. And Jesus stood among them, and he says this. He says, peace be with you. Now, he said this twice in this conversation, so we have to take a look at it. We've got to really dive in. Whenever you see God or Jesus speak something multiple times, you've got to ask yourself, what's there? There's something deeper there. And he was saying, peace be with you. Now, in the middle of that situation, you got death threats. you got all this chaos going on. The Lord Jesus is gone. He died. Now he's missing Right? They got him on all the milk cartons. Like, where's Jesus? Have you seen him? It's all languages, you know, Jesus Cristo. It's everywhere. Where's Jesus? He's gone. He was the Messiah. He was the one to, to save all of us. And now he's gone. And here they are in the middle of the room. And in the middle of that situation, Jesus has the audacity to come in and say, guys, chill out. Peace be with you. Peace. Just chill. There's two things I think Jesus was doing is he wanted to show, number one, where he is, there's peace. Because he's the prince of peace. That's one of his names. The prince of peace. So wherever Jesus is in the midst of where he is, it can't help it. There's peace there. And so when Jesus steps into the situation, that's why you got to invite him into the table. Because when, when, when he knocks, he doesn't just come in just to talk with us. He brings everything that he is into our situation. He is peace. He is love. He is joy. He is self-control. He is strength. He is everything. And so when we bring him in, we invite all of that into our situation. I think that's what he wanted to show, number one, was that, hey, I'm here, so peace be with you. But he says, peace be with you. And I think he was pointing at that peace needs to be inside of us. Because he goes on, in verse 20, he says, After this, he showed them his hands and his side. And Luke says, um, he has a different version about it. And so we're reading out of, you know, we're reading out of John. But, but Luke says that whenever he appeared to them, he said, peace be with you and all this stuff. The disciples were like, still not buying it. They, didn't, they didn't, weren't really sure. And so Jesus, in verse 20, he showed him his hands and his side. He showed him his scars. And I'm sure when they were watching the whole thing go down when he was on the cross and he was getting nailed to the cross, I'm sure that was a scene they'll never be able to forget. When they nailed their Savior to a piece of wood. And he showed him his scars. Hey, guys, look at this. And he was showing them. I mean, this is what the prophets had talked about for years. I mean, years. The prophets had spoke about the one that was going to be pierced for our transgressions, the ones that were going to be beaten and, and killed. And Jesus was giving them a little glimpse, Hey, look, it's fulfilled. Look, 
is what happened. I think he was also showing them that scars aren't bad because they're proof of a salvation. It's okay to have a little scars. It's okay to have a little little woundage. It's okay because it reminds you of where you came from. It reminds you of the pain you went through so that you could be here today. Scars aren't bad. Scars are stories, man. I want to do a series on that sometime. Talk about your scars. Because it's super powerful. And the things you go through make you who you are today. And Jesus is forming your story through your scars. But Jesus showed them, hey, look, it's fulfilled. What the prophets spoke about, what they all prophesied and you all were believing for, it's done. Finished. So that I could set you free. And verse 21 says, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. He said it again. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, now I am sending you. Now here we go, Jesus. Here we go. Now we're getting it. Because he said, peace be with you. you got to have peace inside of you. He said, now, you've watched me over all of these, these three years that you've been with me. We've been walking everywhere. And everywhere I go, I command peace into the situation. When we're in the boat and the storm's going, chaos, and you wake me up, Jesus, <laughs> we're going to die. He's like, shut up. I was sleeping, having good dreams. All right, let me do it for you. Peace be still. <laughs> Commands peace. What a boss. <laughs> what a boss. He commanded it. Everywhere he went, he called things into existence. And he said, just as the Father sent me and put this mantle on me, and everywhere I went, I commanded things. I, I gave peace because peace was inside of me. Now, I now give this mantle to you, and I'm sending you out. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's responsibility. He said, listen, you're in this room. Y'all locked up, right? You're fearful of your life. But I want you to know, I didn't die on that cross. And I didn't rise from the dead for you to hide. I didn't die so that you could be afraid. I died and rose again so you could have new life. And you could come alive to who I am. And just as the Father gave me authority, now I'm giving it to you. Verse 22, he says, because Jesus never calls you without equipping you. He said, and with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. He saved my butt more than a million times in my lifetime, let me tell you. Because if you've ever been in a situation where it's beyond your capabilities, because I know I have many, many times. And I've had conversations where I'm like, oh, jazz. Like, I don't know what to say. I really don't have the answer to what's going on right now. I don't have what this person needs. I don't, I don't know what I'm, I'm not capable. It's in that moment that the Holy Spirit comes in. He's, he's the, the counselor, the one that whispers in your ear what Jesus said. He gives you that even in the middle of your incapabilities. He makes you capable because of what he's speaking into you, which I love. I love it. And so Jesus breathed on him, on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. I love it because even Jesus' breath changes things. That's why we got to get close to him because when we're close to him, we hear his heartbeat. We start getting his passion, but then we feel his breath. And even out of his breath come miracles. Even out of his breath come strength and joy and peace. Even out of his breath, the things he breathes on. Maybe he doesn't even have to say anything, but he just breathes on it. And he breathed on them. He gave them the Holy Spirit. He equipped them. 
That means to tell you, you have everything inside of you that you need for this journey that God's called you to. I know it might not look like it. I know it might not feel like it. There's been days where I'll look in the mirror and I'll be like, really, God, you called me? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not capable of this. But Jesus gives us everything we need because he gave us the Holy Spirit. And he's with us, so he breathes his power on us. And then there's verse 23. Verse 23 is like one of those uninvited guests that show up and never leave. And you don't understand it. And I had to wrestle with this, let me tell you. Because verse 23 says, if you forgive anyone's sins, their, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And I had to wrestle with that. So I'm like, Jesus, you gave us the authority to forgive people's sins? Like, isn't that God's job? Right? Wouldn't you think that? That's God's job. I don't want to, I'm not the one to do. But he pointed me. To David. And when God gave David the keys of the kingdom. He said, remember, you have the keys of the kingdom. That wherever you go, you're loosing things, and you're loosing things in heaven, and you're binding things, and you're binding things in heaven. He said, literally, these keys aren't just for doors. They're for unlocking and loosing, loosening everything that you could ever think of or imagine. So I've given you the keys of the kingdom. That's authority. When you have keys, you can get into places that others can't because they're locked off. But God gives us the authority. And I think he's speaking to his church. I think he spoke this long ago. And I think it's time that we get this right because I know there's a lot of people that I talk to. There's a lot of people that I have conversations with that have experienced God or Jesus through one of his and maybe they judged, or maybe they threw judgment somewhere. They didn't forgive. And you know what happened to that person? Ah, God's not for me. Church isn't my thing. Yeah, I've been to church. I've experienced Jesus. And Jesus was speaking something. He said, hey, listen, with this power comes huge responsibility. I am giving you the authority to go speak life into the world. Now, we might get this wrong from time to time. And we might take that authority and start binding things that really should be loosened. And start loosing things that really should be bound. And we start saying things that, man, I, I say things all the time that I have to apologize over. Because I'm imperfect. And Jesus, in that moment, he was saying, hey, listen, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. I'm giving you the equipment you need. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. But I want you to go speak life into those around you. Because Jesus escaped so that we could escape, so that others could escape. Because God is calling you to go into the room where your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your fellow students are all sitting in a room with a locked door because they're fearing things in this world. And they got so much chaos and turmoil in that room, and they're fearing. And Jesus said, hey, remember how I broke through the walls and came into your situation and spoke peace into it? Hey, peace be with you. 
Go do the same. Because there's some walls you need to break through. And you need to come into the midst of everybody's situation and speak life into that situation. Speak peace into that situation. Because as the Father has sent me to come rescue you, now I'm calling you to go rescue the world. And so Jesus calls us to go and forgive others. To forgive. That's hard. Especially if you've been wronged. Especially if it still hurts. And especially if you can still see the scars. Man, it's hard. But Jesus said, don't take this lightly. Who you forgive will be forgiven. Who you don't forgive might not be forgiven. And so that's a call to us as a church. To make sure we represent Jesus well. That everywhere we go, we look. All right, where are the walls? Where are the locked doors? We're going to break through. Because Jesus showed, hey, now that I come alive, and now that I defeated death, I overcame everything. So nothing can stand against you. No, and in fact, he even says, no weapon formed against you shall prevail. When you're with Jesus, nothing is impossible. So wherever you go, you have authority, keys of the kingdom. That's why I think he put it in terms that we can understand. He said, I gave you the keys of the kingdom. Even when you come against a closed door, it's not right. You got a key. Unlock the door. Break in and bring peace with you. You are the peace giver. He is the prince of peace, but he gives us the power and authority now to walk into every situation and breathe life into it. So who's that person you need to breathe life into? Who's that person you need to speak forgiveness into and let God use you? Oh, God, do your thing. Move, Lord. Come into this. No, 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 no. I've already knocked. Invite me in. And I'm calling you, take off them grave clothes. Get out of that grave. Come on. Come alive to the purpose that I called you to. It's time to stop living in the dead season. I've called you to new things. I've called you to spring up new life in the midst of this wilderness. And out of that springs peace. Out of that springs life. Out of that springs new life in Jesus. I want to pray for us today that God would empower us. Would you stand to your feet? Grab a hand of someone next to you. I think we can all agree that this is a big calling, right? And this is beyond us. Whenever I hear these words and I hear the message of Jesus, I'm like, Jesus, this is, this is a little beyond Elijah. This has to be you involved. And so I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would lead us and give us the words to say that as we reach out, and here's the thing, we're reaching out to a world that has already been touched by Jesus and the church. You know, the more we talk and the more we conversate with people, the more we're realizing People have experienced church. They've experienced Jesus. And nothing against the church of Jesus, but I think sometimes us humans can get it wrong. You know, I'm as guilty as the next guy. We can get it wrong. And so I want to pray that God would help us to, to help us get involved with his message. Help us to get involved with speaking peace into those situations and bringing life everywhere we go. Can you pray for that person on your right and on your left? that God would develop in them just a, a, a response, a response to his calling, that God would give them the words to say, God would build them up in what they need. Come on, let's pray. Lift up your voice. Jesus, we thank you so much for who you called us to be and who, where you've called us to go. And God, I thank you that you escaped the grave, you escaped the, the death, God, that we could come alive as well so that others could find their life in you. 
Jesus, we trust you, God. We love you so much, Jesus. You're amazing, Father. We give you all of our lives. We give you all of our hopes, all of our dreams, all the things that have happened to us in the past. God, some of the things that we carry in to this life with us, God, I pray that you help us to leave those things at your throne. Leave those things at your feet, God. Let us walk new. Let us walk alive. Thank you, God. Pray for your Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. Won't you lead and guide us to say the things we need to say, to do the things we need to do, to be Jesus to the world. God, we trust you. We trust you, God. Help us come alive to this purpose. Help us come alive to this message. Help us come alive to the gospel. We're saving the world, one person at a time. And would you make this your prayer? Say, Jesus, send me. Jesus, send me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. You know, you might be the only Jesus people meet. And you might be the only gospel people hear. Your life is the biggest sermon you could ever preach. And today, I stand with you and just saying, God, help me, because I'm imperfect. I have things happen all the time where I'm like, man, God, I'm, I see, see, God, I'm not capable. Look at me. I, I've, I've, I've failed. Sometimes he reminds us of what he did on the cross. See my scars? See what I did? I died for that. I died for that. See, it's okay. I fulfilled the promise so you wouldn't have to stay there. Yeah, you may fail. That's okay. Pick yourself up. Pick yourself up. Rest assured in my peace and who I am. Jesus, help us to be a church on the move. Be a church that is rescuing. Be a church that is seeking the lost and spreading love everywhere we go. Spreading life into every situation and giving peace to all those around us. We love you, God, and we trust you. Come on, everybody. If, if you believe in Jesus and who he is, can you give him a shout of praise? What he's going to do in our world. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.